0: in a series that we've been working on this month uh, related to relationships. Relationships that are worth working hard for. Uh, Part one was uh, working hard for my family. Uh, Last week we talked about marriage. Um, All of those, you know, if you want to go back and listen to any of those, the notes and all that stuff is on our website. You can go back and look at those uh, if you would like. Uh, Today... We are thinking about the importance of building uh, friendships, talking about that in context related to our own individual lives, um, but also in relationship to our church. So I thought that we would start with something. I'm trying to get this song in your head, so uh, listen to this.
1: A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's a gas me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got me
0: might be singing that all day. That's good. Uh, if that doesn't uh, quite float your boat, um, how, about a little, uh, how about a little James Taylor? It would be like, a, When you're down and troubled And you need a helping hand And nothing, oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You know what? You just call out my name, And you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you got to do is call, and I'll be there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a friend, you've got a friend, you've got a friend. (laughs) All right. Don't, yeah. Don't go out and tell them I did all that. But just, <laughs> nothing spiritual about any of that except that I wanted you to think with me about uh, friendship. You um, know, the day uh, somebody said, uh, Well, I don't really have time for much friends in my life. I am too busy for those relationships. And I said, Well, you are way too busy then uh, because life is all about relationships. And we regret that if we don't uh, spend time working on them. So we're not only talking about family and marriage, but today of, about uh, friendships. One of, the, one of the great tasks of our life is building uh, great friendships. And it's not only important to do it like when you're in school, uh, but uh, continuing in your life, the middle part of your life. Uh, because, you know, it's easy to end up later in your life being kind of lonely uh, if you don't have it built. Some solid friendships, some friendships that, can, uh, that you can work on and make them stronger. So, God wants us to learn how to love. Uh, how to, it's one of the key things that God put us on the earth for, is to build relationships and the love and support that we can offer uh, to each other. So, uh, when somebody says, I don't have time for friendships, um, too busy at my work or assignments or homework or school, um, you know, there's some very good reasons why uh, we should have friendships. So I'm going to give you just a few reasons. I'm going to quickly roll through these. I'm going to hear some testimony and then we'll give you some action steps about building friendships. So I hope that you would think today about how could I change? What could I do? What steps could I take? You know, wouldn't it be amazing if God spoke to us about one or two things that we could walk out of here and be a little different when we left? You know, if he's here which we said he was in the prayer, I feel his presence here, he will help us uh, to bring about change. So uh, why do you need uh, to work on some strong friendships? Number one, uh, there are several reasons. One would be uh, for spiritual growth for spiritual growth. It's worth your time to build friendships for spiritual growth because you will not be able to become like Christ. You will not be able to become all that Christ intended you to be. You will not be able to grow in spiritual maturity on your own. I know you. I know me. I have to have help. I need support. Um it, you must have friends in your life to help you accomplish God's purposes uh, for you. So you can't fulfill that on your own. Uh, Romans 1.12 says, When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith and I also want to be encouraged by yours. Uh, I like that, that mutual support uh, Paul is talking about of some of his friends, and he's encouraging us to think about that, encourage and be uh, encouraged in our faith, so for spiritual growth, number two. Uh, second one is for emotional support. You know, life is a journey for us, and we need companions along the way. Uh, there, are, uh, you know, there are two kinds of people in the world, and you, you might live with one or both of them, um, you know, some people are very dependent, right? Uh, what do you call those people, like uh, high-maintenance people in your life? You know, they, they need a lot, and they need a lot from you. And sometimes people like that can, can kind of drain us. It doesn't mean that we don't like them. It's just that people sometimes have that kind of personality, right? You got don't nod. You know, they might think that you're talking about them. Um, they're, they're also inspiring people in our life that people that, uh, who lift us up, who bring out the best in us, who, who bring encouragement to us. You know, the Bible is filled with 58 different one another verses, uh, all of them one another, commands that say love one another, care for one another, help one another, serve one another, greet one another, encourage one another. I mean, th- those, those commands, you can't obey those unless you have people in your life that you can express that, friends uh, that can offer you spiritual and emotional support. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. So there's a command for us. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. So if you're not helping out others, helping out your friends, you're not fulfilling what God had in mind for us to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, We need to work on strong relationships, friendships, for spiritual growth, emotional growth. How about this? Number three, for better health. For better health. Not only does the Bible teach this, but science has confirmed it, that you'll live longer and be healthier if you have good friendships. Right? You believe that? Uh, If you don't have healthy friendships, people in your life, you're going to die sooner. Now, that's a bad word, and for sure, right here in church. Um, people, without, I mean, people with friends, they live longer than people that don't have deep friendships. Uh, they're not as healthy. One of the reasons is that you need a place to get your negativity out. You know, if you don't have a place to get that out, then it kind of just simmers down in you. You know those times in your life where you just kind of stuffed everything down, and you're not talking to anybody, and you get to be quite a mess. Because you don't have anybody to, to help you deal with those things. The Bible says, confess your sins to who? Each other. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, what, what does that mean? I, I, I love that word healed there. Um, basically, what that says to me is that if you want a life that is forgiven of your sins, forgiven of your faults, confess them to God. But if you want to be healed, confess them to somebody that you can, you can trust that can help you deal with those emotions and th- revealing the feelings that you have, uh, those habits that you don't like about yourself, the way, the actions that you take. You, I mean, you're never going to get well simply on your own. You need other people. God wired us that way so that some of the things that we, we can improve on. Uh, it's, it's one of my fra- favorite Uh, parts of my life is that I have people come here every week, uh, usually many of them, and they'll come, and they sit in a little room we have back over there, and I love it when I know, even if they don't tell me for sure, I know that they're better when they walk out of here. Now, that's not because of me, that's because of this verse. God says when you confess, when you open your heart to somebody that you can trust that can love you and pray for you and maybe give you insight about what's happening in your life, you begin to find healing. Haven't you felt that? Haven't you talked to somebody and said, man, I feel so much better? Uh, That's what that verse is talking about, because your friendships offer you uh, better health. Um, Number four. Number four is that uh, we Recognize that we have social uh, enjoyment, social connection uh, that we can share in because of our our friendships. You need friends to be socially connected, and to enjoy your life. Your know, life is meant to be enjoyed, not just endured. Friendships are a bedrock of that satisfying life. I mean, you can make all the money in the world. You can have all the achievements that you can make. You can have pleasure. But if your relationships stink, then it's going to be difficult. You're not going to be as happy. You're not going to have this social connection. Nothing can compensate in your life for the lack of solid, strong Friendships. I mean, when you have friends, the joys in your life are strengthened and the the troubles that you have are lessened. Uh, The sorrows are kind of cut in half because you have somebody to share that with. God said in Genesis 2.18, we don't always equate it with this way. We think about it in relationship to marriage. But the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. We are to have people in our life uh, that can help us. Uh, The last one here is uh, number five, is that we can have greater accomplishment. Greater accomplishment. What that means is that you can can reach goals. Uh, You can never fulfill all your goals in your life by yourself. If you do, you end up with pretty weak goals. It takes a team to fulfill a dream. Anything, anything great is not done by yourself. It's done with people around you, a supportive team. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Um, that, that's such a blessing to me is to recognize that, uh, you know, we start talking about what happens around here. You know, I don't. I don't get a lot of credit. I don't deserve a lot of credit because what we do here is a team effort. I mean, we have a great team of people that, that work here and that help us. Um, you know, Cheryl's such a part of that, but you know that uh, we couldn't do near what we do with all these people that are there. And so I'm uh, really happy about that. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the things about our church. You know, we have this, uh, maybe I have it in a, talk everybody else into it, but I have this little philosophical perspective about it. I want us to reach as many people as possible. I want us to have great influence in our community and start other churches and ministries, all that stuff that we're doing, but I want us to know each other. Uh, I want us to be friends uh, that are here. I don't want to be one of those churches where you don't know anybody, so we work hard at that. You know, we, we try to get you all the time. You know, do you notice that we try to get people to volunteer here? Just nod your head, yep. We're always putting together teams. You know, you know, one of the reasons is we need to get stuff done. That, that's, that's true. But the other reason is, is that you make friends when you work together or when you go to a Bible study together or you go to one of our classes that we're offering. Uh, you know, instead of just coming in here, sitting in here, and, you know, deciding if you're going to talk to anybody or not, and I'm going to slip back to my car real quickly. What good does that do? Meet some people. Make some friends. Be a part of a church. I don't even know why you would go to a church if you don't want to make friends with them because those are the people that are going to support you and pray for you and, and be with you. Right? Amen? Right? You know, that's, that's why we have, uh, oh, I don't know. You know. We're getting ready to do this women's launch. Uh, you know why we're doing that? We want more women to meet more women. We want them to have greater friendships. Uh, Mark, you know, you know why we have Man Church. Mark's so smart about all that. We want guys to make guy friends. You know, we realized a couple years ago, you start talking to guys, and a lot of guys have very few guy friends. Now, I'm not talking about that you work with somebody. I'm talking about people that love you and support you. Uh, There's there's a bunch of guys here that have a bunch of guy friends, right? I, I think I have more guy friends in my life today than I've ever had in my life. It's just fantastic. So uh, I want you to meet a couple of people. Uh, so uh, Cheryl's going to help me. She has volunteer. And uh, are you nervous? Yeah. No. W- w- William is going to help me right here. And these guys are going to the, come to the platform here. Yes, yeah, she can come with you. <laughs> All right. Um, I think Amber's coming. This is gonna, Amber Irby. Cheryl's coming with her. And this is William Clingbill. So if we wanted to go first, so I'm going to go ahead and talk to him. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. This is yours. I don't know how to use that. But hold it for I it. will hold it, it for you. It. Okay. I get a platform. Yeah, you do. Okay. First of all, uh, okay, William Clingbill. And this is his wife, Sarah, right there. There you go, Sarah. Um, how long have you been coming here?
2: I've been coming here for a little bit. Sorry.
0: They can't see. The deal is. This is they, on my deal here. Okay. They can't listen. They can't hear you on live stream okay. if you don't hold that up. So there is you that go. Close enough? Yeah. How long have you been coming here?
2: I've been coming here for just a little bit less than two years. Two years.
0: Okay. Tell us about now. You didn't have very many friends in the church here when you came. You didn't know anybody, did you? I
2: knew two people. That was it. That was it.
0: Okay. Tell us. Tell us your story.
2: Okay. I want to back up a little bit. Um, last Tuesday at Bible study. Um, which is great. I'm gonna start with that and I'm gonna probably end the Bible study. But um, the preacher he um, said he needed somebody to, you know, come up here and volunteer. And he, he was gonna do all the talking, but dummy me, you know, that's why I we was very smart in school. I thought I was gonna do the talking anyway, so um, uh, <clears throat> anyway, he wanted a volunteer. So um I just went about my business the rest of the day and didn't think too much about it. And, uh, but I had this premonition going on during the day that somehow I was going to get a text from him before the end of the day. And, you know, I usually can't find my phone or I don't look at it till the end of the day. Well, I pick it up the end of the day and there's the text. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, there's the premonition hitting me hard. So anyway, I thought about it and I thought, you know, today at Bible study there was 25 guys, I think, maybe a little less. So I thought, surely one of those 25 would be up here. And I could be out there with you guys, you know, just sitting back, taking it easy. But that didn't work out at all. So here I am. Okay. Yes. So about, about two years ago, um, <clears throat> I hadn't been to church for probably 30 years. And for some reason that I still don't, didn't know about, I, I decided I wanted to come to church. So the wife and I had been over to Farm and Fleet or someplace Sunday afternoon, and um, we drove by here, and then we we started down Parkway, and um, I thought, well, this is the time. So I pulled up my seatbelt a little tighter, and I said, next Sunday I'm going to church. This was after about 30 years. The only church I'd seen for 30 years was for a funeral or somebody being married, so... um, (coughs) I thought, uh-oh. I told, I said it, and she didn't say anything, and I thought, oh, she didn't hit the break, so we went on home. So the following following Sunday, we were here and been here ever since. And um, so that's kind of that part of it. And um, <coughs> so I got a few notes here. I think, I, I think this is about the 20th time that I wrote stuff down on here before I got here the last couple of days. But <coughs> anyway... <coughs> Just like the preachers already talked about a little bit, I'm 76 years old, and in those previous years, I've had some friends, really good ones, some old, some young, some for a long time, some for a little time, but a lot of them are gone, so it's almost like a new thing, you know, starting here less than two years ago. So today, I believe that the fellowship I am receiving from here (coughs) was one of the best reasons. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, Um, but I never had a reason, but you know, even until today, baby, this fellowship reason could be a good reason for meeting you people and and whatever, but anyway, I want to back up a little bit, I got ahead of myself a little bit, so about a year and a half ago, (coughs) I was talking to one of the brothers, and um, the subject came up after we were talking. He asked me what time I got up in the morning, and I said, oh, 5.30 or 6 usually. And so he said to me, he said, um, well, how about coming to Bible study Tuesday morning, 6.30? I said, no, I don't think so. That's not for me. I said, I'm going to pass on that one. So <clears throat> the next Sunday, it was the same thing again. You know, after church, he's on me again. He says, how about coming to Bible study next, next Tuesday morning, 6.30? I says, oh, I said, I don't think so. I said, Bible study? I said, the last time I had my hands on a Bible, I was 12 years old, and my mother gave me that Bible, and I said, since that time, I, I really haven't read it that much, so I don't think that would be for me. So he says, well, come sit by me. I'll make sure you don't have to say anything. And so um, <coughs> I decided, okay, I'm going to do it, so I came. And the thing of it was, oops, I'm on the back page already. Um, oh, gonna, hang on, hang on You guys got to stay with me a little bit <coughs> So anyway I came I decided okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go So I go, walk in the door And here's Preacher Brock Greeting everyone as you walk in the door Look at him, he's always dressed up like he is right now Suit and tie We're coming in half asleep You know groggy, at least I was and so that was my, my first encounter, but there, there was, there was preachers, ex-preachers, some of these guys talking that probably memorized the Bible by heart, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to be quiet. But, but there was one, there was one guy there, I don't, he's not here, but anyway, he was a quiet guy. So after the first two or three weeks, he's the guy I always sat by. I thought, I'm going to sit by him because he never says anything. So. So when I'd come in to go to Bible study, first thing i do when i drive in, I'm looking for that great big red truck out there, so I know he knows who I'm talking about. And I'd, I'd search him out, and I sat by him for about the first three or four weeks. Then I got a little braver, and I started moving around, moving around. And so that worked out pretty well. <clears throat> but since that time, I have found out that Bible study is just the greatest thing because Every guy in there is willing to open up, no matter what kind of problems they got. We talk about it, we pray about it, and then after the after we're all done, and we we took two or three two or three people sat together there, talk a little bit, pray together, and what I want to say is when I walk out that door every Tuesday morning, I feel blessed knowing that every man has my back, and I can count on him for no matter what reason so <coughs> I'm gonna finish by saying this. I pray that I can develop a, a friendly ship with all the sisters and brothers of PFN that I have had for 43 years with my spouse sitting over there. So God bless every one of you and I hope we can all be friends for the next few years. Thank you. Thank you. William
0: Klingville. Thank you so much, you're Thank awesome. You. This is Amber Irby. Hello, Amber. Got your little friend over there next to you.
3: See where friendship gets you. I have a similar story to Williams. I never attended a church regularly. Um, I'd go with my grandma occasionally on Sundays when I was a kid, but we started coming here about five years ago. Um, Before that, I would say I was living my life like a Sermon, pastor gave one time, and he had a couple guys up here demonstrating. Um, one guy was in the driver's seat, and you know he had Jesus sitting in the passenger seat, and Jesus would come over and he'd try to drive, and he'd just kind of nudge him back over into the passenger seat. Um, I would definitely say that's what my life was like. Uh, if I was honest, I would say that it occasionally Jesus looked less like a passenger. And more like one of those action movies where you see, like, the speeding car take off and you got the guy, like, just gripping the roof of the car just trying to get in. (laughs) They always have sunroofs, so he usually makes it, but. (laughs) Um, So I think God definitely had a plan when my daughter was asked by her friend Sage to come to Wonderful World of Wednesdays Um, before I knew it. Um, I would sit with her mama, Megan. We would just chit-chat, you know why the girls were here, and then then here I was Sunday morning with her sitting at church. She was my first friend here. Um, She was the one I called on our first trip to the hospital. My son and my husband were outside. My husband was shoveling the driveway. Well, my son went up behind him to ask him something. He didn't see him, and he just like whacked him right in the face with this metal shovel. I'm bawling, My, my daughter's bawling, my husband's really crying. Um, and the first person I think to call is Megan. So I get in the car and I call her and she just sits there and she prays with me over the phone. Um, but that was all I needed. She, um, she's been a really blessing in my life. But anyways, Landon recovered. He's got a nice scar on his face. We tell him trick stick scars. Um, <laughs> he loves to tell you that his dad hit him in the face with a shovel. So he's always <laughs> got a good story but um she was the one who encouraged me to take my first bible study and those is where you really feel comfortable you know you really get to know people uh we took a few of those and i remember in one of them they were saying how you know we can make a difference we don't have to be missionaries it could just be something simple and that got me to thinking about where i wanted to serve in the church well i ended up in the well because you know what can be more simple than pouring a cup of coffee. When I first started, um, I think I was a little shy in there, but if you ask Cheryl Cooper, she'll tell you I do more talking than working now, so. (laughs) But we have so many people come through there, and I have such great conversations with people. Um, I love to hear their stories. Recently, I just met a guy named Bill, and I probably have walked past him and his wife a million times in this church, and I've never really talked to them. Um, Well, Bill is a, he's a bee farmer or beekeeper, I don't know, he raises bees. Long story short, I now get to have um, fresh honey every morning that comes straight from the beehive, so <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get in there. <laughs> Last summer, I was gonna quit the well though. I was getting stressed, our schedules were getting crazy, and I was getting crazy. So I went to a meeting and I was gonna tell everybody and um, none of them let me quit. They all looked at me and you know they very well could have been like, well, Nice to you, you know, it was good while you were here, but they all rearranged their schedules so that I could still work in there, and I thought that was so nice. I was not at all expecting that. Um, I read a sign once that said, friendship is like a hug from God, and I will tell you, I feel that all the time from my friends from the well. Willis is in here, love him. Um, uh, Cheryl Sherwood was also in that meeting, and she came up to me after, and she wanted me to go to lunch with her. She wanted to talk. Okay, so I <laughs> I think she knew that if I was going to quit working at the well that I may have just easily kind of just snuck out of church altogether. Um, I don't know, that could have been true, but like I said, nobody let me quit, and I left with a lunch date. So <laughs> her and I, since that, we have met once a week on my day off in the morning. We meet sometimes in our pajamas, it doesn't matter. Um, We will get a book, we'll talk about it. We'll discuss all things of life. She'll answer my whys, my what ifs, my what in the world is going on in the Old Testament. (laughs) I will warn you though, if you go to lunch with Cheryl Sherwin, she will have you baptized and giving testimonies within the next year, so be careful. (laughs) I am so thankful for this church, though, and the relationships that we have made here. Um, because of that, I think that I have a much better relationship with God than I did five years ago.
0: That's That's great. Great. All right. That gives you some uh, pretty good perspective from William and Amber about uh, what, what we're up to. So did you notice that they had to take some action? They had to do something. They both had to get a little bit out of their comfort zone. Maybe they got pushed a little bit, which uh, that's not all bad. We need that sometimes as well. And so some action that they took. So I'm talking to you the rest of this message is just thinking about uh, that very thing. So just a few things here. Uh, Action steps that we can take. Action step number one is uh, invest the time. Invest the time. You know, the best place to make friends is at church because there are people, uh, quality people, good character, similar goals, similar values, um, you know, to develop strong friendships together. So uh, get involved. Get involved in uh, a Bible study. Get involved in working somewhere. Join a team. Be a part of them. Go to lunch with Cheryl. Whatever whatever works uh, for you uh, to get you involved. You know, the fastest way to make friends in the church is ministry. Serving together, studying the Word together, um, the being involved in a uh, in a small group group environment. Pro, Proverbs eighteen twenty four uh, says, "A man who has friends must himself be friendly." So you got to take some action. You got to uh, reach out to some other people around you. Deep friendships are not accidental. They're on purpose. They're intentional. Uh, they're not instant. They take time. They they take investment. Um, The verse from Philippians 2.4 says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. If you walk in a room and you think everybody's thinking about you, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you got to say, nobody's thinking about you. Uh, Maybe they see your tie or they see, you know, uh, but most of the time, people are pretty focused on themselves. You can make new friends by considering the needs of others around you. How are other people doing? How do we respond to them? So we make an uh, we make an investment uh, in others around you. I'll give you this little clue: um, you can't be a friend if you don't show up. You got to show up. I say this all the time: you can't be there if you're not there. I know that's profound, but <laughs> it's true. You you can't. You know, people say, "Well, I was with you in spirit." Ah, oh, baloney. You know. <laughs> I, I know there's some truth to that a little bit, you know, that you care about people and, and all that. But really, if we're talking about sincere, deep friendships, you've got to show up. You've got to be there uh, for each other. Such an important part of that. So there's a, such a big difference between just acquaintances and those people that are friends. Um, so first action step is um, to invest the time. Is that easy? Definitely not. Uh, is it worth it? I think it is. Uh, Secondly, action step number two is earn their trust. Earn their trust. If you want to build stronger friendships, earn their trust. Trust is what makes friendship really friendship. Where there's no trust, it's just an acquaintance. You talk to your acquaintances, but you trust uh, your friends. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one that is truly reliable? Do you agree with that verse? I mean, it's pretty rare to find somebody that you can trust your life, your feelings, the things that are happening in your life. Uh, we, don't, we don't trust automatically. It has to, it has to be earned there. Uh, so how do, you, how do you earn trust? I'll just give you three ideas. Uh, one is by being reliable, being reliable. Uh, you know, where you're not wishy-washy, you're not hot and cold, not erratic. You can be counted on. Is there somebody in your life? that you can count on like that, that you know they're not going to be wild and you know give you all kinds of... You, you know what you're going to get from them. It's steady and it's solid. Uh, how about you? Are you able to do that for some other people in your life? You can be that reliable person. Reliability is the difference between a friend and a flake. You got any flakes? I know you love them, but you're not going to put your whole trust in them. They haven't earned that trust. Um, so... Uh, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves when? At all times. Not just, not just when uh, things are good. They're there with you when you're sick or when you're irritated or when you're lonely or when you're just being silly. The greatest ability in life is to be that reliable friend that we have. So who's dependable in the, your life and who are you able to be reliable with? Number two, uh, how do you earn trust being reliable? How about being loyal? being loyal? Loyalty is not really a term that you hear people talk about. A lot. I mean, there's not a lot of loyalty in the way that people talk about it in the past. Loyalty, though, is a commitment that says, I'm going to put you before me. I'm going to, loyalty is the opposite of self-centeredness and narcissism. Loyalty is the opposite of being, it's all about me. I'm going to help you instead of of helping me. The last part of Proverbs 17, 17 says, a true friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. So they they show up. They're there when you're tired or sick or when when you need help. Proverbs 19.22, it's not on the sheet for you, but it says loyalty makes a person attractive. You want to be more attractive? You know, that cream you've been using, no good. You know, you want to be attractive? (laughs) Loyalty. That's what the Bible says is attractive. Um, It makes you a a beautiful person. So uh, could you decide that you're going to be a person of loyalty in the relationships uh, that God has given you? 1 Corinthians 13, 7, if you love someone, you'll be loyal to them no matter what the cost. You will always believe in them, always expect the best, always stand your ground in defending them. Loyalty uh, in earning trust, reliable, loyal. Uh, number three, third is really important. Uh, third is keeping Confidences. Keeping confidence, so you build trust through being reliable, being loyal, keeping confidence. Everybody needs somebody in their life that they can talk to, that they know is safe, that they you can share anything with that person. Uh, they're not going to look at you crossways. They're not going to reject you. They're not going to just leave you hanging. Um, you know, if you don't have a person like that, I'll oh, pray for God to give you a person like that in your life. Because you need a safe person where you can, you can share anything about yourself and you know that your secret is safe. Uh, Proverbs 11, uh, 13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret secret. Listen, um, if you really want people to trust you, you cannot gossip. How about Amen. You cannot gossip if people are going to trust you. If you're wondering why you don't have any deep relationships, maybe it's because you talk too much about things. You can't be a gossip. People will not trust you. Um, God hates gossip. Do you know that? Just check it out in the Bible. Uh, Look up gossip and see what it says. God hates gossip. I mean, it's right up there. Uh, It's right up there with murder. Like he puts it in the same little category right there. I think, what in the world? But he doesn't like that. If you want to have deep friendships, you're going to have zip it on gossip. Just I'm not going to be a gossip anymore. I won't. I'm going to make a commitment, and I'm not going to talk about people. You know, when you when you talk about somebody else, when you stab somebody else in the back. You know, I, I, this little definition of gossip is when somebody says something negative or unkind about somebody else who's not present, whether it's true or not. True or not, he's reminding us that we are called to keep confidences together uh, to recognize what he... So we're thinking about how do we become a deeper, more trusted friend? Reliability, loyal, keep confidence. Action step number three. Number three is listen with openness and empathy. Listen with openness and empathy. You know, listening is one of the most important uh, characteristics that we can have of developing friendships. Um, You know, the Bible says, one of my favorite verses. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen. Say it again. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Do you know that if you do the first two, the third's automatic? If you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you're going to be slower to become angry. You know why you have an anger problem? If you have one, it's because you're not quick to listen and slow to speak. Because you're always saying something uh, quicker. Um, You know, listening is about paying attention to somebody else. What are they saying? What are they feeling? You know, I have some people that really don't like to talk to me. You know why I don't like to talk to me? Because they say, You look me right in the eye. (laughs) I like that. I mean, I'm trying, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, What are they not saying? Not only what am I hearing, but what are they not saying? What, what kind of emotion are they feeling here? Do I am I relating to this emotion? This I'm not sitting there thinking, what in the world am I going to say about this? You know, you know, you ever you ever talk to people like that? That you know good and well they're thinking about the next question or the next thing? We were in a group the other day, and uh, you know, I Cheryl was talking, and this woman she was not listening to anything. All she was thinking about is how can she blitz her with the next thought, the next question that's coming out. I don't want to be like that. Friends, listen with openness and empathy, listening to them. Uh, again, how can you take that as an expression of uh, action related to friendship? Number four, action step number four is accept, accept their flaws. News slash, we all have flaws. Every one of us. We all have faults. If I'm not willing to accept the, the fault, faults of others and the failings of them, then Uh, Am I willing for them to accept my faults? Um, Recognizing that we all got weaknesses, we all got issues in our life, and we are to show great grace to each other. Romans 15, 7 says, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Then God will be glorified. Uh, Recognizing that God wants to to offer forgiveness and help to us. He accepts us. Helps begin to change us. But we are called to be accepting of others around us. Proverbs seventeen nine: Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. Hmm. You know, you got you to gotta have people that are, that are accepting of you. That, that know what's happening. You know, if you're married... You cannot have your, if you're married, don't have your best friend as somebody that is totally unhappy in their marriage. Because they're going to give you bad advice. They're going to say, leave the bomb. You know, don't, don't put up with her like that. You know, people that are not happy in their marriage will not give you good, encouraging marriage advice. So don't make them your best friend. Have somebody that's going to say, okay now, let's hang in there. We're going to work on this. Because you want somebody that's going to encourage you in your marriage. There's enough discouragement in the world already, isn't there? So shut up. Don't be talking about that. Be encouraged. I know some of you get upset. I said that. But I'm just trying to make a point. Listen. Pay attention. Accept other people's flaws. Recognize that you can make such a difference in their life. And if you help them, they're, they're likely be in, in, in help to you as well. Being in that relationship. Got to finish this. Number five, action step, uh, celebrate wins and share losses. Proverb, excuse me, Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, in these small groups that we have, in these Bible studies, that's what we do. Right, Patty? We're, we're celebrating wins and we're sharing in the losses that are happening there. We've got all kinds of Bible studies that are like that because, you know, some people can't celebrate anybody else. You know, it's, you know we, well, are we going to celebrate their grandbaby? We're going to celebrate their promotion? We're going to celebrate what's happening there? Well, it didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. No, we celebrate, friends celebrate wins and share in the losses. Uh, I'll just tell you quickly um, this place has helped me so much in the last year and a half. I mean, in the last year and a half, my father passed away. Kim's father passed away. We had this new baby, all that. Do you know people ask me virtually every day about one of those things? All the time, always praying for us, supporting us. I'm not even sure I'd still be pastor here had it not been for the way people have cared for us uh, through this process. Man, there's nothing like that, right? The friendships that, that, that we share together, celebrating wins, sharing in the losses. Last one, number six, is bring out their best. Bring out their best. That's what we need. You want people in your life, and you want to be that kind of person that... You're going to help them. Nobody can be all they're meant to be by themselves, so we have others. Make your best friends a person who is bringing out the best in you, a person that is thinking about you, that is encouraging you, that is helping you. Proverbs 27:17: As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So he's helping us, these verses helping us to think about our friendship. So what action are you willing to take? Uh, I heard about this little guy. Uh, He noticed that his next-door neighbor uh, had a brand-new car. So he wanted to go over and see it. And so he's looking at it, and it's all shiny. And he said, "Um, where'd you get your new car? And he said, well, my friend gave it to me. He was just stunned. He walked around, looked at the car. He walked over to him. He said, you know what I think? He said, yeah, you know uh, you wish you had a friend like that. He said, no, I wish I could be a friend like that. That's what Christ is asking you to do. You know what, you've you got, you got to work at it. You pray for God to give you friends. But the Bible encourages us, be that friend. Be that listener. Be that person that's helping somebody else. Be a part of uh, discipling and encouraging others. Model what William and Amber have for us uh, and taking some action and getting involved. What are you going to do? I asked you before. Would you take some action? What does God want you to do? Invest some time, listen, uh, any of those things that are listed there. Those are all verbs that are encouraging you to do something about what God wants you to do as a friend. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for allowing this church to really be committed to what this message is about today. And really this whole month. We are committed to families. We are committed to uh, single adults and whatever a family looks like. We are committed to marriages here. And Lord, we are deeply committed to building friendships, relationships that can can be solid and helpful and working for us. Please help us to build greater friendships. Help us to follow the example of William and Amber. Help us to decide today what are we going to do to be a better friend and to bring others into our life that can be deep, meaningful friends. Lord, we pray that you'd help our church to be better because we're a whole group of friends.